On today's episode of the Happiest Mom Podcast, I'm going to be talking about why your happiness matters and my top three super simple self-care practices to get you started on your journey back to more happiness, joy, and learning to really love this stage of motherhood. Why isn't motherhood bringing me as much joy as I thought it would? This is the question I asked myself when my son turned one and I realized that despite having it all, I wasn't happy. After working with hundreds of clients since then, I've discovered that I was not alone in feeling that way. So I've been on a journey working to find the answers to that very question. And along the way, I've uncovered the tangible tools to unlocking who I'm really meant to be by simplifying motherhood and reconnecting to my inner self. Even better, now I'm helping you to do the same. Hi, I'm Heather, your host, happiness coach, and motherhood mentor. I'm a corporate dropout turned entrepreneur, wife, mom of two, and dog mom of two. You are listening to the Happiest Mom Podcast, where we discuss all things motherhood, marriage, and living your happiest life. So go find your lukewarm coffee, stake out your hiding spot in the closet, and let's get started. I'm so glad you're here with me today, but before I get started on our topic for today, did you know that I am a happiness coach for moms and love helping moms rediscover their joy in motherhood? It's literally my entire mission in life. Yes, mama, I've coached hundreds of moms on their journeys to getting better sleep, prioritizing their needs, and reconnecting to the woman that they have forgotten is in there all while still being an amazing mom. So if you want to have me join you on your motherhood journey, let's work together. Sign up for the life-changing Becoming You Vision Board Workshop that's transformed hundreds of women's lives over the last few years. It takes place the week of February 13th this year, and all of the details can be found at heatherreadcoaching.com forward slash happiness. Welcome to the very first episode of the Happiest Mom podcast. I couldn't go through this episode without first acknowledging that this is just the beginning, and I am so excited to share it with you. I'm going to be starting with a little bit about my journey and a little bit about why happiness matters and a little bit about self-care all wrapped up into one episode. And what you can do to immediately take steps to improve your happiness. Because it's everything that I do for moms, and I love this topic. It is so juicy, and quite frankly, seems to be a little bit controversial in the motherhood world. So why happiness? It all started with my work as a sleep consultant, alongside my own personal journey with happiness as a mom of a very young child. And what I noticed was that even when moms were getting the sleep they needed, there was still something else missing, myself included. So I began digging into the research behind happiness, motherhood, and why so many moms are struggling. And I found some really interesting information that just further cemented my passion for this topic. A research study done out of Australia found that moms who are unhappy in the early years of their children's lives 
specifically those moms who are struggling with postpartum mood disorders, whether diagnosed or undiagnosed, are more likely to experience failed marriages in the future, and their children are more likely to experience challenges with anxiety and depression as they navigate their adolescent and young adult years. Ooh, it's heavy, right? To think that our early motherhood mood disorders could have such a dramatic impact on our children. But see, we are so intrinsically linked to our children emotionally that our struggles with mood disorders do affect their long-term mental health. That being said, why are moms struggling so much with happiness? Why is this such a big issue? For many of us, we've wanted children our whole lives. We've tried for months and months, maybe years and years to get pregnant. And the baby comes and we feel unhappy. And that feels so counterintuitive to how we thought we would feel. And I really believe that the root of it is multifaceted. First, we live in a patriarchal society, which means that our society is structured in a way that promotes and lifts up men and does not for women. And so because our society does not value or prioritize women and mothers to the same degree that it does men, we lack significant support systems that humans have had throughout societies and communities since the beginning of time because it's not prioritized. Second, our healthcare system is built on treating symptoms and medical conditions, of which pregnancy is a medical condition, versus preventing illness. Okay? So we treat, we don't necessarily prevent. The result of this is that we as moms get a lot of attention and care while we are pregnant to make sure that that pregnancy, aka medical condition, is treated appropriately and then at the end of it, we end up with a healthy baby. However, once the baby is delivered, moms get very little follow-up care or support. When in reality, that period of time and postpartum is the period of time that moms need the most support. <laughs> we need support with food. We need support with our mental health. We need support with sleep, with breastfeeding, with understanding what the heck we're even supposed to be doing while caring for this baby that we're responsible for. It's a lot that falls on our shoulders literally overnight, and many of us are dramatically unprepared for it. And that's not through our own fault, just to be clear. <laughs> it's the way our society is structured. Third, in modern culture in general, we've been moving away from community support and towards more isolation, that whole pick yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. And you can see this when you look at how many people don't live near family, how many people lack strong social networks, how many people feel isolated and alone in their everyday life, whether they have young children or not. And so when this translates to motherhood, it has been ingrained in us that we should be able to do it all alone. And if we can't, we are failing. And that's wrong. We've watched our mothers and grandmothers raise us with the mentality that mothers are martyrs. 
that our needs don't matter, that our children and partners should always come first, and that taking care of ourselves is selfish and makes us bad moms. That taking care of our needs and our happiness will result in neglecting our children when it is actually quite the opposite. Our children thrive when we are happy and thriving. What I've noticed when I post about these topics online is the polarity of responses that I get. It's so amazing to witness just how polarizing it is to say that mothers should prioritize their own needs and overall happiness and that it's okay to do that. On the one hand, I hear from moms that say, oh my gosh, thank you for saying this. I needed to hear this today. I thought I was failing. To the other end of the spectrum where I hear moms say things like, wow, that's so selfish. I can't believe you would neglect your children like that. It's the reason we have CPS because there are so many terrible mothers out there. None of that is true, you guys. You can be a great mom and also prioritize your mental health, well-being, and overall happiness. So if you are finding yourself in this place of struggling and you don't even know where to start, I wanted to give you some starting steps. These should feel fairly simple to implement. And I wanted them to just be really easy starting steps for you guys. So the first thing is nervous system regulation. Now, if you've not heard about nervous system regulation, I want you to pay special attention to this point because it's something that is not talked about enough in our society. In fact, I believe we are a society that thrives on nervous system dysregulation and chronic stress. So let's dive into it. Many of us, especially when we are overwhelmed, underslept mothers are operating in a chronic state of nervous system dysregulation. So finding easy ways to regulate is going to be absolutely key to stepping out of the overwhelm and into more calm so that you can make choices and move forward from a regulated place. This is also a gift you can give your children teaching them how to regulate their nervous system from a young age. It's not something I was ever taught. And I, as a millennial, believe that our generation just wasn't taught this as a whole. You know, there might be some outliers, but in general, this was never talked about when I was growing up. The simplest thing you can do from anywhere, you don't need any special equipment or anything like that, is a breathing practice. And I discovered this as a happy accident. One day I was feeling really overwhelmed, really stressed, and I just stopped and took deep breaths for a couple of minutes. And I noticed, wow, I feel so much better. I want to learn more about this. And as I dove into it, I realized this is a whole thing. It's a whole big topic. And there are people who specialize in breathing practices their entire business. So I'm not going to dive that deep into it here, but know that it's out there. And in the event that you want to look into it more deeply, you can just search for breathing practices. So why does breathing work? In order to answer this, I first want to cover some basics around our nervous system so that I can explain why it works, because that's going to be really key. So when we are 
activated. It triggers our sympathetic nervous system. Think about those moments. Have you ever been driving and someone like slams on their brakes right in front of you and you have to slam on the brakes to avoid hitting them and you feel this overwhelming surge within your body? That is the sympathetic nervous system kicking into action. It causes a reaction called fight or flight, but also freeze or fawn. So you always hear fight or flight, but there's also freeze or fawn responses. It's really beneficial when you're in danger. It's what helps you to slam on that brake so that you don't hit the car in front of you. However, it can also be triggered based on stress. So if you're you know, feeling stressed throughout your day, whether it's running late to a doctor's appointment or whatnot, that can also trigger your sympathetic nervous system. So in this state, you might notice that um, you feel your heart rate increase. You might notice rapid breathing. Maybe you even started sweating. Your anxiety gets triggered. And for people who are chronically stressed, you may not even notice those feelings as much anymore because it's your new normal. For me, I did not realize that I was chronically stressed as much as I was until I began working on nervous system regulation. So the reason deep breathing and a breathing practice helps to regulate your nervous system is when you deep when you breathe, excuse me, deep into your belly, it actually triggers your parasy- parasympathetic nervous system. And your parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for calming and relaxing you after a stressful event. That's your baseline. You want to be operating for your from your parasympathetic nervous system more often than anything else. If you're chronically operating from your sympathetic nervous system in a constantly stressed, triggered state, that actually is what leads to nervous system dysregulation. So a basic breathing practice that I use that's worked really well for me is to just take four seconds deep breath in and then four seconds deep breath out. You might hear some people talk about box breathing or different breathing techniques. I personally, when you're already dealing with anxiety, I personally don't like the holding of the breath because it can trigger more anxiety. Okay. So it sounds like this. And then you would repeat that until you start to feel your body calming down. Okay. You can teach this to your kids. It's so easy to teach your children this and they can pick it up at a young age. My son is four and he's been doing this for over a year when he gets dysregulated. Okay. Point number two is sleep. This ties into nervous system regulation. So you need both because when you're exhausted and not getting enough sleep on a regular basis, you're going to be chronically stressed physically. Your body is going to be chronically stressed and that triggers your nervous system. So what can you do to solve first sleep issues? First, if your children are not sleeping, that's your first step. They need to be getting good sleep so that you can get good sleep. And it's also really important to teach our children healthy sleep habits so that they don't end up in the same situation that we are as adults where we are chronically stressed because we're not getting enough sleep. Now, before 
you come for me and say that sleep training is evil and how dare I promote this, please note there are many ways to teach your children healthy sleep habits. It does not have to be a harsh cry it out method. In fact, most, if not all, actually all of my parents refuse to do cry it out because it's not necessary. You can be a very attachment-based parenting style and still sleep train your kids. I have a client literally right now that's doing that. And it's what I help my clients with. I customize sleep plans for their family um, in the sleep consulting arm of my business. So if you need help with that, head to my website and take a look at the sleep tab. Now, once they're sleeping, we need to get you sleeping, which means prioritizing your sleep as a non-negotiable. Period, point blank, not negotiable. You need a minimum of seven to nine hours of sleep each night. So one of my favorite recommendations for this is to establish a nighttime ritual. Much like you establish bedtime routines for your kids, but this is for you. So take about 30 minutes before bed to focus on activities that are going to relax you. And you can play with this. Try something out. If you don't love it, try something a little different. But they should be all activities that are calming and relaxing. They should be in a dim or darker environment because that will help your melatonin to kick in. And they should be things that you enjoy that make you feel good. Then I want you to plan for a bedtime that will allow you to get that seven to nine hours of sleep each night. People underestimate what a game changer this is, but I cannot stress enough how much I hear from parents that their whole life changes when they start getting enough sleep. And if you're dealing with something more significant in the sleep realm, insomnia, sleep apnea, etc., I encourage you to make it a priority to go to your doctor and start working on the medical component of why you're not sleeping well. The third item is that once you're sleeping and working on regulating your nervous system throughout the day, I want nutrition and getting plenty of water to be your next priority. You cannot focus on the rest of the stuff if you're exhausted and completely dysregulated. It won't work. It might for a minute, but you'll quickly fall back into those old patterns. So if you're like me and you have struggled or are struggling with health issues that are holding you back from feeling your best, finding the nutritional plan that will best support your body is essential. And even if that's not your story, even if you don't have chronic illness or health issues, nutrition and staying hydrated should still be a top priority. We know that our bodies feel better when we are eating nourishing foods. And what those foods are can look different for everybody. So don't feel like you need to suddenly pick up the latest trendy diet. Instead, begin working on your relationship with food and your body. Notice how different foods feel after you've eaten them. What gives you energy and feels good and what makes you feel bad after you've eaten it? Also, I want you to pay attention. Who is that woman that you're becoming? Who is that mom that you want to be? And how would she treat her body? 
and then do that, right? So one example, if you're a person like me who tends to turn to food when stressed or tired and craves the sugar dump (laughs) because in the moment it makes you feel better, in that moment, I would say to myself, Heather, is this what the best version of you would do? Would eating a pint of ice cream actually make you feel better? No, it will make you feel worse. Okay, so if you really have that craving, maybe you have like a couple of bites of ice cream. But you know that you're not going to make yourself feel sick because you ate so much ice cream. So I hope these three starting points are really helpful for you. This topic is so hard to narrow down into just three things that I would recommend because there are so many aspects of self-care and happiness that I'm incredibly passionate about. However, these are three great starting points that literally anyone can begin implementing. And if you're like I was in such a heightened state of overwhelm and exhaustion, I really needed to start with the basics. If you find yourself thinking, Heather, this is ridiculous. There's no way I can get everything done that I need to get done and also sleep, cook healthy foods and regulate, you are not alone, mama. I hear this all the time and it's what I specialize in. And also, yes, you can. (laughs) So head to my website linked in the show notes where you can grab details for how to connect with me if you're interested in going deeper. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Happiest Mom Podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here. If you'd like more information about how to begin building your happiest life, head to the show notes for the link to download my free guide to the five steps to creating your happiest life. And if you enjoyed this show, make sure to subscribe, give a five-star rating, and leave a positive review. Until next time, friends.